0: All right. Well, hello, everybody. This is Kirk Cabana, and welcome to this week's episode of Pursuit for Purpose. If you can believe it, this is episode 25. Thank you to everybody that is listening here live today. And those of you that are listening to this on the recording, I'm extremely grateful for this growing community and the positivity and growth that we're taking in and sharing together. This week, we're going to be discussing ways to improve our efficiencies, as well as getting a better understanding of recruiting. Pursuit for Purpose brings the world's most passionate athletes and the coaches together in this community environment, just like this, to encourage our goals and aspirations. By helping provide the teachings and the principles of the greatest minds before us and the greatest minds with us, the people around us will receive the foundations to build the rest of their lives and become champions of character. This week, we're joined by Ian MacDonald. Ian is the pitching coach and recruiting coordinator for Indiana Wesleyan University. He is the former assistant pitching coach and recruiting coordinator for University of Charleston, West Virginia, as well as the former pitching coach of Grove City College. Ian has also earned his MBA from the University of Charleston. And it, it really just needs to be said here that Ian is a student. The man studies what he believes in. And I know there's a great future ahead for him and the things that he continues to pour his attention towards. Please welcome me in joining Ian McDonald. Ian, man, thanks so much for being here today. Kirk, thanks for having me, brother. It's, it's my pleasure, and, and I'm excited to dive into, uh, you know, the things that you care about and and learn a little bit more about how you go about your business and what you believe that you can bring to your teams and what you believe you can continue to bring to the baseball community. So, uh, man, with, with that being said, I want to jump right in. You've put in the work. You know, you've earned where you're at, and man, like I said, I know the best is still ahead of you why is improving the efficiency of the work that we do something that you have identified as an area that you can help players improve? Sure. Sure. And I know as we talked
1: and, um, you know, discussing topics of what we could talk about tonight, like it was, um, something where I've, I've tried to invest time into learning how to do a better job of. And, um, I think, you know, as I'm continuing to work, um, in my career and hopefully what I can continue to teach our players is, is time is one of the most valuable assets that we have. And um I think maximizing efficiency in the work that we do um it saves us time. And then the more time that we have, the more time um that personally I have to invest in our players, our program, um, the relationship with other people and even those in my life. So I think that's why I believe in 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 systems and, and, and optimizing efficiency um to to hopefully save and and create time um so i think uh, on the topic of efficiency i think that's why it's something i've spent hopefully a lot of time um, to think about and and get better at
0: i love it i love it i mean just bringing up time right off the bat and and pairing that with why being efficient is so important you know what does it mean to you to help people get better at anything? Sure.
1: I think like specifically my role as a coach, um, you know, my responsibilities work with, with the 19 pitchers that I coach and hopefully help them reach the peak of their ability. That's what we're working toward. Right. And um, I think if it's, you know, what does it mean to me that to help them um, get better? I think it's provide structure. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's to provide accountability, but um, you know, hopefully that the real value I can bring to them, is is asking the right questions. It's it's seeking objective truth and um you know hopefully it's it's providing them with the answers that I do have, um uh, but also searching uh for, for more answers uh, and maybe what I don't yet know. Right. So it's never stop learning and, and and hopefully um continue to improve the answers that I have for them. But I think that's what it comes down to when um you know I, I'm helping people get better. You know, hopefully it's
0: uh, that's the things that I'm doing as a coach. Man, I, I think you touched on something really important there as you talk about wanting to help these kids and and take care of them and, and help them be efficient. You know, what does it mean to you to to have them understand that they can come to you and and ask the questions that they need for for them to help themselves improve?
1: It well, means everything to me. Um you know, I hope that if, if you ask anyone of the 19 pitchers that we, we, we work with, I think it's it's important to invest time in building a relationship with them. And, um, you know, I think building that relationship based upon, I, I want to be a resource for you. Um, I, I want to invest the, the time, um, as much time as I can in them. I want to um, invest the knowledge that I, I have in them and, and hopefully present it in in a way where, um, you know, I, I'm going to be their, their biggest ally and their biggest fan. And, uh, you know, hopefully that, that, uh, through trust and, and building a relationship, they can come to me with, with, uh, when, when they need me and, and, uh, hopefully I can help them whatever way I can, Kirk.
0: Yeah, how, you know, you talked about being creative, being efficient, you know, how, how do you implement creating effective uses of your time? You know, what are some examples of things that you've tried to do? Sure. Um,
1: so I think specifically on, you know, what I've tried to do um, is I really try to organize my days um, beginning with the start of the week. Um, so I don't know if you've ever heard of Trello, um, but it's essentially it's, it's a task management or, or work management software. So, um, you know, I try to sit down at the beginning of every week. The first thing I do on Monday mornings and um, I got three boards. So I got my personal board, my player development board, and my recruiting board. Um, Now, certainly there, it allows room for, for, for flexibility. Right. But like uh, essentially on each board, personal player development, recruiting, I got checklists. So I got like my, my daily, my weekly, my monthly checklist. Um, And then once I plan out my weeks and start, man, like like I just roll and, and all the time that I'm in my office, um, you know, even after I go back to my office after practice, like um, my Trello boards up on my second monitor at all times. And uh, that's what I'm going to. So uh, that, that's how I try to, um, I guess, implement systems like, like with, with me, myself, Kirk, that's probably the biggest thing that I use. Um, and hopefully to stay as organized as I, as organized as I can um, for, for the players that I coach.
0: Man, I love that. That is, that is awesome. Uh, you know, just that task management system of those three things for personal player development and recruiting. I mean, how key are those three areas right there for us as coaches to try to manage? And if we don't intentionally put a plan behind it, then, you know, how can we actually go about giving all of our ourselves and our efficiency to the players that we have? Uh, how, How long have you been using that system?
1: So I got to give a lot of credit to Alec Porterfield, uh, who was on staff at Charleston, and the Beth Warner, uh, who was on staff there as well. Uh, they're the ones that got me onto it. We actually used it internally at, at Charleston, uh, where we basically set up a board with each player in our program. and It'd be a way that we could share information, the things that we're working on with each other. And then uh, from, from using it with, with the players in our program, uh, I just created a personal board Again, with those three things, um, and it's just something that I've used really for the last two years, but like, you know, it's one of my main apps on, my, on the on the screen of my phone. I, I can't imagine going without it at this point, especially as as uh, responsibilities build, um, you know, here in,
0: in my role at Iowa. Man, that, that's so cool. I appreciate you sharing that with me and another awesome thing that's come out of Charleston for sure. And, and again, you being a product of there as well, too, you know, I love coach Britt and, and, uh, and, and coach, uh, you know, as well, too. And man, just, I, I just, I just love that you can kind of see that coaching tree that's already coming from that program right there as well, too. So that's fun that you got to be a part of that. And, uh, you know, and I got to, you know meet you while while you were over there as well too man and I'm just so so proud that I've gotten to see you continue to go where you've gone from there and and I know that you just like I said I've already you know complimented you enough but uh just excited to see where you continue to go with with everything but man I wanted to, to ask uh you know a little bit deep right off the bat but what's your purpose sure sure um
1: you know, I think is really my my purpose and in, in my career. i'm I'm fortunate that um, there's a lot of intersection, right? And I think it, a lot of it goes to why I coach. and um, I think like why why I pursued this career, um, you know for the past six years, especially mm-hmm. college level is, um, I, I love the game. And, and you know I, i've I grew up in it. I had amazing coaches um, throughout the youth and, and, and high school and and, and travel ball and in college. But like, um, I I love the game and and I love the competition. I think like, like that'd be one, like number two, um, you know, I, I, genuinely believe I love and care for other people. And I think I'm, I'm drawn to the opportunity to use the game to teach life and leadership skills. And, um, I think like when you, when you put those two things together, the love for the game and the love for other people, I think that's, that's my purpose. Um, and now like, I, I'd be remiss if, if I didn't say this though, Kirk, like, um, you know, really over the last year, I mean, I, I got here at the of June of this past year, but um, you know, now I feel like coaching at a Christian university, I've, I've been challenged to find purpose beyond just the love for the game and the care for other people. And um, you know, I think individually I've, really grown in my face since I've been here and I think it's, it's a huge credit to, to coach Benjamin first um, but then also just the leadership of the athletic department here so it's it's now not only do I have the permission to share my faith I'm, I'm encouraged and I'm empowered to do so you know and, and I think that as I continue to grow my faith and have the confidence to, to help other people grow in theirs like like my purpose I'm, I'm finding more fulfillment and joy in what I'm doing than ever before and um, I think that that beyond the love for the game and the love for other people, like, um, you know, really getting an opportunity to invest into and pour into our kids on a much deeper level than just baseball or, or just them as students. It's, uh, it, it's been pretty fulfilling.
0: If you're just joining us, we're, we're being joined by Ian McDonald, pitching coach and recruiting coordinator at Indiana Wesleyan University. And man, I just gotta, I just gotta say that I'm right there with you. It, it is so interesting that, you know, we get that additional challenge now at being at, a you know, a Christian institution that we're not only, you know, allowed to do it, but we're encouraged to use our faith to help these kids as much as we can and, and help them along their walk because everybody's at a different level of of where they're at with their their purpose and their journey and adding that additional component of faith onto, like you said, that already that disconnection of, of love for the game and love for people is, uh, is pretty electric man. And and I appreciate you sharing that of how baseball has delivered you to this place of where now you get to use your faith to uh, an, another level. And I'm thankful for that myself, just the same, that, that baseball's, uh, you know, allowed faith to be found within me that, that much more that, uh, something that I always knew was there, but, kind of hid from, ran from a little bit. Um, so I, I think that's awesome that, that you get that component added to yourself as well too. Have, have you felt that aspect of, uh, of being at that kind of university, uh, help you become a better coach? Yeah,
1: you know, I think I definitely have And I've been super fortunate just with, with being a young coach, Kirk, the programs that I've had the opportunity to, um, you know, to be a part of, um, you know, and, and, uh, I think undoubtedly though, like uh, I'm developing growing in a way over the past year that I feel like I haven't in my career. And it's, I think a big piece of it is just, um, you know, the opportunity to, to, to grow in my faith and be surrounded by other coaches in a, in a high performing athletic department, um, that also, um, are, are, are passionate and invested in growing their faith and, and, uh, incorporating that in the way that they coach. So I I think no doubt it's, it's had an impact on, on me and, um, and my personal growth, but obviously I'm I'm so thankful for, you know, the other coaches. It's hard hard to say one experience has been more impactful than another. I think it's a sum of experiences that have, have, uh, um, you know, I guess who I am today is reflective of that. So. um, Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that with me as well too, but man, how have your experiences prepared you for the position that you're in now? You know, what's it like to have that full control of a pitching staff?
1: Sure. Um, well, I, mean, I think the starting point was was at Grove City, you know, and, and have the chance to, to coach under Matt Royer. And uh, he was previously the head coach at Liberty and Kutztown and, and Wheaton. So, um, you know, he'd been a, a longtime college head coach. And that was kind of my first introduction into college coaching, uh, which was – was amazing. I, I've never met I mean he is as knowledgeable of a of a of a teacher of the game that I've had a chance to meet and was able to instruct and teach in, in, in such a simple way for players to understand. Like like the amount of knowledge he had, but the simplicity of delivery, it, it was it was unbelievable. Um, and then our assistant at the time at Grove City was Kyle Sasola. He's still there in the associate head coach role and he's been there for a handful of years. But um, I mean obviously division three school but but Kyle I mean, I revere as one of the, the most talented evaluators and recruiters I've had a chance to get to know and build a relationship with. So that was my that was my first really introduction in evaluation and recruiting was working alongside Kyle and helping him and, and Coach Royer in whatever way I could. And, and um, it was I mean, I was there for a little bit less than a year, uh, but I took so much out of that experience. And I think it gave me clarity. OK, this is what I really want to do. This is what I want to pursue as a career I, I was 24 at the time. So I was young and, and uh, I was able to really just, um, you know, like, like find clarity and that's what I wanted to do. Um, and then after Grove City Kirk, I went down to the University of Charleston and uh, at UC um, had a chance to work for Andrew Wright. And uh, I spent, what? well, I mean, he was there for six months from the time I got there to, to when he got hired in professional baseball. But um, that that was an invaluable experience. So you know, for, for those that that aren't familiar with with the University of Charleston, it's um, a Division II program in West Virginia. It's got a larger staff, um, and and when I came down, Kirk, it was after an ABCA convention where I met Andrew for the first time, and it was literally from uh, the time I met him to the time I joined joined staff was about like like a week and a half or two weeks. It all happened fast, but. They didn't have any office space when I got to UC. Um, so actually for my the, my, the six months that that Andrew was there and that I was on staff working for Andrew, I I, I shared an office with, with Andrew Wright, who was our head coach at the time. And uh, you know, him and I, I laugh about it to this day, but I think I got an inside look into, into what it was like to be a head coach. And, and uh, um, I think that was an invaluable experience. And then just even other people on that staff. Um, so at the end of, of 2019, which is my first spring on staff, including Andrew, um, we had five coaches from that staff hired into professional baseball um, in one year, in literally a span of six weeks. So I see Anthony on here, but <laughs> in, in a minute of time, Anthony Zone, who was a graduate assistant, myself, who was a volunteer assistant, we were the only ones left at UC, and we didn't have a head coach for about six weeks. And then I think Anthony and I, we hit the jackpot when, um, when UC decided to hire Robbie Bridges, our head coach, and we had the chance to move on his staff and um, Anthony moved in the full-time role. Um, I moved into a graduate assistant role and um, had the chance to continue helping Anthony. Anthony was our full-time pitching coach. So I I, I worked um, underneath and alongside him for two years. And then, you know, Robbie was, was unbelievable um, in, in empowering me and honestly giving me more responsibility than ever would have deserved or could have expected to receive from a recruiting standpoint, just let me run with it. And um, you know, he helped me every step of the way put together um, a system for evaluation recruiting. It's, it's a manual, it's a handbook that it's about 60 pages in length, but like um, for us, it's, it's something that he could pass on to future assistants um, that when I, when I had the opportunity to, to, to move on, like, like things would continue to roll. And, uh, you know, over the course of two years, have an opportunity to be a recruiting coordinator there. Um, it, it was unbelievable the, the amount of responsibility, um, that Robbie gave me. And and it's something I'm super thankful for, uh, because I think like when you, when you have that much responsibility and you have a, a head coach that, that empowers you like Robbie did, like you don't want to let him down. Right. And you invest everything you can into being the best that you can be in that role and um, have the chance to work for Robbie. It was, uh, it was, it's something that I'll forever be thankful for. So, um, and then also on, on Robbie's staff, um, I mean, it, it's been pretty cool just to see where the coaches have had the opportunity to move on to, um, you know, Michael Blatchford, he's has coach at PAW, Beth Warner, she's a full-time assistant coach at Lebanon Valley. Um, Trevor Bierman, full-time assistant coach at Chatham. So just seeing where, where, um, you know, these coaches that you've had the opportunity to work with uh, where they go on to um, I mean you just it, it's validation that you were you were in the room with some really special people. And uh, I think that that's what I was able to experience at, at UC, not only under Andrew Wright, his staff, but then also Robbie Britt and uh, his staff and, and spending three years there and just uh, having the opportunity to be part of two regionals and a super regional and two conference championships like it was uh, you know, the success on the field was memorable, but I just think the relationships that I was able to build with the coaches on the staff, um, I mean, they're going to be lifelong friends and mentors. And, uh, you know, I'd say, like, beyond Grove City and Charleston, like, I'd be remiss if if I only talked about those two and that, um, you know, just my year here so far, Kirk, I feel like I've I've learned so much. We all, You know, we already talked about growing in my faith, but I just feel like as a coach, um, you know, the staff structure is a little bit different here. You know, uh, Charleston was, was unique in that we had seven or eight coaches at any given time. Whereas here, we, we got three of us, um, but having the opportunity to work for, for our head coach, coach Benjamin, and then, um, you know, even Eric George, who's our outfield coach and he spent a lifetime in baseball. I mean, I feel like I've learned so much in this past year and uh, I'm excited to learn more um, about what these guys can teach me. So, I guess that that's a pretty long about uh, uh, a roundabout way, forgive me for for the length Kirk, but um, I think when I have the opportunity to speak about the people who have have impacted me. um, I feel like I, I can't
0: can't provide a short answer there. No, man. And you can, you can hear it and you can feel it, man. And and I really appreciate you sharing that. And you're absolutely right. You know, uh, Charleston knocked it out of the park when they, when they co- hired coach Robbie Britt for sure. And and it's awesome to see that even in that short time where the coaching tree has already started to, uh, to, you know, impact college baseball, which vicariously means that there's that much impact positively to young men throughout the, the country, you know, everywhere that those people are at. And it, it does just, come from that standpoint that you can see that the staff all believe in each other and have, you know, the same foundations and beliefs of why they're going about their business. And, and so I I love to already just see that you're taking it to where you'll continue that, that tree, that tree of baseball, that'll continue to just expand where, you're taking that information that you've gathered from these different places and moving it along with you and taking the best parts and, and continuing to grow them in a way that continues to make you uniquely uniquely your own. So I think that's awesome, man. And, and now that you're there, now that you've been in this spot, you know, what's it like to have that full control of a pitching staff?
1: Well, you know, I, I think, um, more than anything, it's, it's a great responsibility, <laughs> right? And, uh, you know, I, I think I, anthony and, and zona and I, I mean we we still talk i feel like every other week at least um you know every few weeks and and uh you know i think like everything so much of what i'm doing now um it, it's an extension of what we were doing at charleston and there's certainly some things that that i've added here or things that we have you know we have access to here that maybe we did in at, at uc but um I, I feel like I, I was at the point in my career where, where I spent three years as an assistant pitching coach at Charleston, where I was, I was as prepared as I could be <laughs> with still the awareness of I'm probably not prepared, <laughs> right? Like, so it's just, um, you know, but I, I think that, you know, just it was taking what I did learn at UC. Um, it's, uh, it's been, it, it's, it's been I, I feel like it's year one of being a teacher right? Like where you're putting together lesson plans and you're putting together resources and you're trying things out and you're getting feedback from your players. And, and I feel like that's kind of what, what this, this year has represented where, where there's, um, you know, a lot of things that we've tried that, that, that has really caught on well. And there's definitely some things we tried that, and we got to go back to the drawing board and figure out how we can implement this better. But I, I got to harp on a couple, I mean, like the, the pitching staff that I had the chance to work with every single day. I mean, they're, they're an unbelievable group of kids. And, uh, you know, they've been super supportive of, of me moving into, um, you know, just the, the, the buy-in that they've had really from the beginning of the fall all the way up through the winter and the spring. Like, um, you know, I don't think I could work with a better group of kids. So they make my job easy, uh, easier. And uh, they definitely make it uh, exciting for, for me to come to work every day. And I tell them this all the time, but the best part of my days is when I'm at practice uh, working with them. And uh, I say that with sincerity, and uh, I'm just super
0: fortunate to work with the 19 guys that had the opportunity to coach. That's awesome, man. Uh, I appreciate you sharing sharing that experience and that, you know, just passion that you have for those 19 kids, as well as obviously every other person that's representing that program. But, you know, we've talked about improving the efficiency of your players, you know, but it starts with you. It starts with you and and I know you shared that aspect of you know the the task management with the personal player development and the recruiting aspect. but you know how else are you working to improve your own efficiency? what what's next for you and that next level that you're trying to challenge yourself on your own efficiency? Sure.
1: Um, well I, I, you know I'm not hundred percent sure what direction you want to go. I'm just going to kind of roll with it. Um, I, I guess specifically in, in, in what I do right Like we, we talked about, you know, player development, and then then also recruiting. You know, so I, I think we've, um, you know, Rich and I here, we we've done everything we can to to systemize as much the day to day as we can, and um, I think specifically from player development standpoint, Kirk, like, um, I guess what that looks like in in efficiency and and trying to create systems and efficiencies, like, um, you know, one of the things that we do here. Um, we have, we call them IPDPs and we we create them for every single player. So, um, you know, really, I guess all the tools I'm willing to share and talk about, like almost everything we do is housed through Google. (laughs) So whether Google, uh, sheets, Google forms, um, Google drive, like, like, like we use it a ton. Um, so I I guess from an efficiency standpoint, you know, one one of the tools that we use are individual player development plans. We call them IPDPs. All they are is just shared Google documents, so it's shared between myself, our head coach, the player themselves. Um, so, like inside of an IPDP, here's some of the things we got. So, it, it'd be um, individual mobility and stability assessments. So, the result of those assessments, we use on-base U. Um, I've been fortunate to go through the on-base U and TPI um, trainings in person, and and uh, like like we use that a lot. So, that's that's one piece of the IPDP. Another piece is like an actual delivery analysis, and then um, delivery corrective drills. So like we lean heavily on the Florida baseball armory, Randy Sullivan. Um, but then also I, I read up as much as I can with Ben Brewster tread athletics. Um, you know, those are a couple of the guys that are, I really would lean on. Um, so inside the IPDPs, they have the uh, mobility, stability, uh, results and then correctives, the delivery assessment results, and then drill correctives. And then also they have statistics. So like we'll keep uh, track, log, all the statistics throughout the fall, even in the winter, um, all that's housed in their IPDPs. And then at the end, we'll have video logs. So basically every single bullpen, every live outing that they throw, it's on film. It gets uploaded to YouTube. I am able to put their links inside their IPDP that they have access to. So that's, that, that's one of the tools that, that we use Kirk is, um, you know, through the Google drive, Google suite is, is IPDPs. Um, Something that, that we've, we've introduced recently this spring, um, we call them pitcher stat files. And uh, I, I cannot take credit for this, okay? So Mike Marin, who's pitching coach at Old Dominion, um, I, I was at a, a virtual convention called P360, and, and he gave a presentation where he was talking about the feedback loop of his pitching staff. I was blown away. Um, I reached out to him via email and, uh, and asked him if he'd be willing to share you know, basically the, 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 the live Google sheet that he was using. And, and uh, we were able to get on the phone. He was kind enough to share it with, with me. So like, like all the credit in the world goes to Mike, Um, but, but essentially it's, it's, it's a tool um, to, to track the results of, of of in-game results for each individual pitcher that we have on our staff. So um, every in-game pitch is logged. Um, and then the Google Sheet itself—it's conditionally formatted to calculate statistics that that we find relevant and that we can customize completely based off Google Sheets and the formulas that that it allows. Um, so, like, essentially, every single pitch will input eight pieces of information. Um, when the ball is not in play, it's just four pieces of information. But then, um, basically, once the pitch is logged, you know, there's eight different things that you, and a lot of it's just checkbox or yes or no. Um, you know, what, what we're able to calculate is, um, you know, pitcher and hitter stat lines, including you know, batting average, slugging percentage by count, batted ball type, um, quality of contact by pitch type, um, game management, strike score, which is a, a system that we use to evaluate efficiency, fielding percentage, control the running game, like and all that's just auto-calculated based off the pitch input. Um, and then it helps kids better understand like what pitch is working, so like actual pitch data of. We're keeping track of, okay, they can figure out their pitch usage. Um, you know, what pitch are they throwing for the highest strike percentage? Uh, what pitch is getting the most swings? What pitch is getting the most swings and misses? Um, and then we're also able to actually evaluate the performance of each pitch. Um, so, like, like, which pitch is allowing the most hits? Um, which pitch is the highest batting average of ball in play? Slugging percentage? Things like that. So, all this stems from inputting every single pitch. So, we, we've logged... Over five thousand pitches this year um, from, from our entire staff, but I think it's been really revolutionary in, in our kit in, in our kids and myself um, coming together and figuring out. Okay, like like individually, when we say like pitching your strengths, like like what are your strengths and, and like what is the game telling us that your strengths are? And um, I, I think the pitcher stat files that um, what we've been able to create in, in Google Sheets, like. it's, it's able to do that. And I think it's been really well received by our kids. And I think it's going to be an integral tool that we continue to use moving forward. And that saves me so much time because I'm going to go back and watch film on every time these kids pitch anyway. So now I just, I I watch film, I log the pitches, I take notes on the performance, but then they can go in where again, it's shared between myself, our head coach and them. And uh, they have access to I mean, it's literally hundreds of data points that they can take a look at. And I think it's my responsibility to help them understand you know, what are the meaning behind the numbers. And then not just what are the meaning behind the numbers, but how can this impact um, our strategy of how, hey, how can we get out next weekend and then the following weekend, the following weekend. So it's, it's, under, it's uncovering and identifying what their strengths are. And it was just built via Google Sheets. So like, like it's something that it spent, I mean, it was months uh, to build. And again, it was, it was huge credit to Mike and uh, his willingness to share. Um, but it's something that's been integral and in, into what we do. And then I guess the last piece I'd say, like, you know, beyond the IPDPs and and, and beyond the stat files, Kirk, just from an efficiency standpoint, like uh, we, we thought long and hard of, of how to implement an efficient way of providing feedback. Um, and and Kind of what that looked like this fall and winter um, is every single bullpen and every single live outing our kids through, um, they got written feedback. So uh, obviously, again, you know, every, everything was on film. But um, basically, after every time they pitched, they, they'd be able to watch their performance back. Um, and then what I would do in, in the feedback loop that we provide is within 24 hours of them pitching, they'd answer three questions. What did they do well? What could they have done better? in anticipation the next outing, like, like, like what, where are opportunities, like, like does the preparation needs change at all? Right. So what did you do? Well, what could you have done better? And uh, does the preparation need to change moving forward? And then after they send that to me within 24 hours, um, I send them my feedback within 24 hours. Um, And we just did it via text to start. Um, And it was interesting. You know, some kids just go "What points of (laughs) here's, here's three words of what I did well, what I didn't do well, no preparation need, uh, or no changes to preparation necessary. Perfect. There's other kids that they would write out, I feel like full on 500 word essays of what they did well or, or what they didn't do well. And uh, I, I try to reciprocate the effort, but um, I think uh, what, it, what it was able to do Kirk is to kind of automated, you know, what we were doing from, um, you know, how we were providing feedback. And then what it was able to do, was it was able to give them almost like, A, it encouraged them to think about, okay, well, well, what could I learn from the bullpen I just threw or the outing that I had? It made them reflect, and then it made them write. And then I, I think most valuable it's something where they can go back to, and I can go back to, and it, it's really a journal and a doc documenting, okay, like in, in what areas are we experiencing failure, success? How are we learning and growing? And I think, like, like just the amount of feedback that we're trying to give these kids, and then hopefully the quality of the feedback that you know they're they're taking from the experience itself, but then also the feedback that we're providing. I mean, we're hoping it's it's beneficial to them. So I think that's something we're going to continue to do. Um, you know, whether it, next year it's through via text, it, it could be. I think. The Grand vision for it is maybe we could use some Google Forms um, where they just punch in their feedback. I punch in mine. We all three, myself, Rich, and the player has access. I don't know what it's going to look like next year, but um, I think hopefully that just provides a little bit of insight in the um, you know how are we um, creating hopefully efficiencies and, and systemizing programming. Um, you know how are we creating an efficient approach to identifying our and and, and um, maximizing our pitchers' strength in game, and then hopefully it's, it's how are we making the feedback loop as efficient as possible with what we're doing with our players. So um apologize it's long-winded, but hopefully that answers that question. Ian,
0: you knocked that out of the park, man. That that was, that was awesome and insightful, man. And I, I was jotting down notes the entire time on that one. So I truly appreciate you taking the knowledge that you've learned uh, from, from that respect of even taking that from Mike and, and sharing it with us and, and letting us get an insight into how you guys are improving upon your efficiencies and, and player development in all regards of, of helping these young men, you know, grow in their sport and actually help them through the process now one of the things that you talked about in that was uh you know the video logs of the uh of the bullpens obviously in game stuff but even the bullpens and all that training how empowered has all of this information made your players feel
1: i think that's a good
0: question um you know i think it's
1: it's interesting Kurt, because you have some kids where they'll watch their bullpen five or six times over right they're you know they're trying to relive a pitch for pitch you have other kids who you know they're they got other interests right or they don't feel like they need to do it like it's i want to make sure that the information the video it's there for them but i also want to make sure like we're providing feedback and we're providing context with the information that we're providing right um and i think that's something that that is super important to me is make sure we're not just providing numbers. We're not just providing, um, statistics, but, but hopefully we, we, we can draw context and, and conclusions, um, you know, out of the information that we're collecting. And, um, you know, I, I can always speak just a feedback that we've, I've gotten here, but, you know, it seems like the kids are appreciative of, um, of, uh, you know, the access to video of statistics and, and, uh, you know, again, I, I think I'm just fortunate to coach kids that I, I have the opportunity to coach. because We got a really special group here um, at Indiana West.
0: Man, I, I, I again, you know, I thank you so much for for sharing all of that information and, and just even hearing this stuff. And I mean this with with no shed of, of falsehood, man. Uh, You've made me a better coach in these 30 minutes so far, just sharing that information and seeing areas that I know I can improve upon without having to break the bank. It's just intentional actions that can be passed along to, to our student athletes. And so uh, I appreciate that wholeheartedly, man. And uh, I want to, you know, turn the page towards something that I know you care a lot about and that, and that's recruiting. Um, you you know, one of the things, again, like I said, I know you're so passionate about is recruiting. Why do you enjoy recruiting so much? Oh man, that's a great
1: question. Um, I'd say that the cornerstone of why I love recruiting it's it, it's the relationships and uh it, it's the relationship with, with with the coaches via you know high school and, and and travel it's it's um relationships with instructors it's relationships with umpires um it's relationships with families I think like like really what I love most about is the relationships with the kids and um I think uh I'm just, I'm a people person. I love people. I care for people. And uh, I guess, you know, recruiting just, I mean, it, it, it's a dream job for me to be honest. Um, I think I, I love recruiting beyond the relationships. I, I love the challenge. Um, you know, you know, probably the first challenge is it's identifying the kids. And then the next challenge is, is it's, it's evaluating them, um, you know, projecting 16, 17 year old kids, who they're going to be. And, in two years, three years, four years, five years. But, um, you know, I think also like in evaluations, it's, it's a process of getting to know and, uh, figure it out. They're going to be a, the right fit for, for your program and for you, your university that I love that process. And I love the opportunity to share about Indiana Wesleyan. Um, so, and then I'd say, you know, the, I guess the last piece uh, with the challenge beyond identifying and evaluate kids, it's, it's recruiting. And I think it's, it's, you know, listen, there are more options than ever before. And and to be transparent, I mean, the kids that we're recruiting, they got a lot of different opportunities elsewhere. Um, But to find ways to to communicate with the kids that, um, that we're recruiting and to connect with them um, and hopefully, you know, be able to communicate in as honest and transparent a way as possible, what their experience would be like as part of our program and at our university, it's, it's every recruiting process is different, right? So the challenge of connecting with, with different kids and different personalities and centering it around what's important to them and their families, it's it's uh, every day, every every process is different, you know? So I, I, I love that about recruiting. Um, I think I also, what I love about recruiting is opportunity. Um you know, listen, like I put myself back in the shoes of the kids that I recruit and like dreaming of the opportunity to play college baseball. And then to, to have the opportunity that that, that me, uh, you know, or Rich, like like we have the opportunity to extend, you know, an invitation that they, they got a chance to to fulfill their dream and play at the next level. And not just play at the next level, play at Indiana Wesleyan University. I mean, that it. uh that feeling never gets old when you have the chance to, to, to call a kid or FaceTime them or, or meet with them in person and, and offer that kid a roster spot or a scholarship or whatever it is. Like, um, it's a pretty special feeling. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I guess beyond that, Kurt, like, you know, I love the responsibility um, that, you know, serving as a recruiting coordinator, you know, provides. And uh, it's, it's a responsibility to the program. And, I, and when I say the program, it's, it's, it's the coaches within the program that I'm working alongside. Um, you know, it's alumni, it's the university, it's the community, like most importantly, it's the players. And, um, you know, I think especially here, there, there's an expectation to win. Um, but it's an expectation to win by doing things the right way um, and with the right players. And, you know, I, I think such a, a huge piece of taking this program to where, we hope to take it too. it's it's by having the right people in the room and, and by getting the right people in the room it's it's identifying it's evaluating it's recruiting those kids and uh that responsibility um it's a big responsibility but it's, it's one that I love so I'd, I'd say that's probably you know those things put together that's uh that's what I'm passionate about and I love I love
0: recruiting well Ian not- uh I'm really glad that you use that word responsibility. I think that's important for us to make sure to take note of right now, even more is that we as coaches have a responsibility to these young men, these young women, whatever sport we're coaching to be trusted vehicles in this process because they don't know what we know. And they're expecting us to help them through this process. And I think one of the reasons why I love recruiting from a personal standpoint is that I get to be a small bridge in that process, regardless of whether or not they ever come to my university. It's just Mm -hmm. important for me to feel like I got to be a positive light in that process for them to, to go through the process and feel respected, feel appreciated and feel guided towards the right direction and helping them find the right place, the place that fits right for them. So I I appreciate you sharing that aspect of, of responsibility because it is, it's a responsibility on all fronts, on our, on our front of taking care of the program that we're at and on the front of making sure that we're taking care of the kid that we're talking to in that moment. So I, I really do appreciate you sharing that aspect of, of responsibility about recruiting. Absolutely, Kirk. That's well said. I, I I appreciate it, man. In your opinion, what's the biggest misunderstanding about college recruiting in baseball? Oh man, um, this
1: is a this is a question I got asked at a camp two summers ago, and uh, it's it's something i thought a lot about. I think uh, I'll tell you one of the misunderstandings. I think one of the misunderstandings in recruiting is. Um, you know, coach is going to find you, and uh, sometimes it's the case. You know, we, we've had the chance to to find and evaluate and sign some really talented kids that we found on on accident. Rather, we were there to watch another kid and just get a roster from the opposing dugout, just because maybe you might see somebody, and, and it happens from time to time. But I, I would say that ninety-five percent of the games we go to, we're going there to watch a certain kid, and uh, you know, we're not just. You know, we're only 50 minutes from Grand Park, which is it's a luxury in recruiting. We could spend a lot of nights at home. Um, but, you know, we're typically going there to watch one or two kids in the game that that we're going to. So I'd say um, that's a big misunderstanding. Coach is going to find you. Um, and um, I think, like, you know, as, as players, and what I tell players all the time, is, is you got to continue to develop your skill set, um, you know, while Um, You know, you work into hopefully the opportunity to be recruited, but then you need to be able to take ownership of your recruiting process. Um, Like, you can't wait for for coaches to come to you. And I think, like, a big piece of taking ownership of of your recruiting process, Kirk, is I mean, you got to be creative, you got to be persistent, and you got to be resilient. And um, I think kids got to understand that, that the landscape of college rec- baseball rosters and, and recruiting, um, it, it's as competitive as it's ever been before. And uh, that said, I, I truly do believe in, in, in my soul that there's a place for everybody to play. You know, it might not have everything that you're looking for in a school, in a program, um, but there's, there can be a place for you to play. So, um, You know, I just think that right now, I mean, kids got to work harder than ever before to create opportunities for themselves. Um, And I'd say overall, that's that's one big misunderstanding in college recruiting is just that the coaches are going to find you and come to you. I'd say the second piece um, is, you know, especially with, with college football players where there's a lot of full rides getting thrown around in college basketball too. Like, I think there's this assumption that there's a lot of money uh, to be given out by college baseball programs. And, and, and listen, I wish that was the case, Kirk, it'd make my job a heck of a lot easier, but it's just, uh, it, it's, it, it's not the case, you know, and even scholarship level programs, not all of them are fully funded. And, um, I think the number one way to make college affordable for kids is, um, to excel in the classroom and, uh, you know, I, I, I really I try to push that message and every kid I have the opportunity to speak with. And um, I don't think a kid will ever regret the level of effort or investment that he puts into his academics um, when he's in high school. But but ultimately, that's what's going to open up a lot of doors, you know, even at the college level. You know, the analogy I use all the time is if I'm recruiting a 4.0 kid or a 2.5 kid, it's the same level of ability. And I know that the 4.0 kid can get $10,000 more than a year than the 2.5 kid. Well, I want them just as bad. Well, which kid am I going to take a 4.0 where he's going to get $10,000 more dollars academically. And I can maybe potentially, you know, save a little bit of athletic money and move on to the next guy, or am I going to invest in the guy that's a 2.5 that's a little bit more of a risk academically. um, And I'm going to have to spend more to get. Uh, for him to be a part of my program. And, and I, I don't want that to, to come across as harsh, right? But that's just like, it's its a reality that kids need to understand. Is—is um, is There's a lot of amateur players that are very close to one another in ability. And if we're taking 38 guys on a roster like we do here, like academics could undoubtedly be a separator between a kid that we decide to offer versus a kid that we say, hey, we need one catcher. We got two available. One's a four zero, one's a two five. Um, we're gonna be able to spend less to get the four zero than the two five. Boom! We're taking the four zero. So uh, that's just the reality. And I think that go go be a similar conversation in a lot of uh, a lot of offices across the country in college baseball. So I'd just say that's the second misunderstanding is that there is a lot of money. Um, available in scholarships at the college level, it's not. And and the number one way to make it affordable is to absolutely crush
0: it in the classroom, be the best student you can be. Uh, Man, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with even acknowledging both of those aspects, man, because I think that is a tough misunderstanding to some of these young men that, they ain't handed it out like candy like they do basketball and football. It's, it's a lot more earned from all fronts and even more so why the academics has to be put at the paramount level of importance that allows you to make it a cheaper experience on yourself because let's 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 be honest with ourselves. College isn't getting any cheaper. It's not going to go backwards. You're going to need to do everything you can to continue making yourself a valuable asset in, for your team. And you're not just a valuable asset for your team, by what you do on the field, you're a valuable asset for your team by what you do in the classroom and the room that you free up for other aspects of your program, spreading around the money to make you as competitive as possible on the field. So, uh, man, I, 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 Really appreciate you sharing that aspect of, of just the business economic side of, of baseball, Ian, and, and helping these young men understand the uh, the way that it's going to need to be just divvied around and spread out. And also, I fully agree with you that sometimes we, we really believe that that they're going to find us. And, yeah, we might get lucky enough that we find a few different people that – that we're, we're lost in the weeds that we were able to to sneak out. But as much as is available to people these days with the aspects of how much we can promote ourselves and and the different ways that we could put ourselves out there, there's no excuse for somebody that wants to play that doesn't put themselves in a position to be found and not to uh not to put themselves in front of people so to speak versus the aspect of hoping somebody comes and finds you at your school for sure for sure so uh Anna, you know if you could create an ideal game plan of recruiting for a high school student transitioning to college what would it look like man that's a good question are you
1: thinking like um... Along the lines of, okay, like what would the process look like from start to finish? Or, or are you more thinking, okay, like what's the, the game plan? Hey, you're already committed. You're about to go into college. Like between the time you commit and the time you get to college, like like, what are the skills you need to develop? Help me help me be able to answer that question better.
0: Let's go from high school uncommitted to trying to get committed to college. You know, what's the, what's the game plan looking like for a kid trying to – to put himself in the best optimal position to get recruited to college baseball. So he can commit. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um
1: well, I, I think first continue to work to develop the ability, to have the skill set to compete the next level. Um, so that'd be number one. Two, academically, don't let it get in the way with where you have the opportunity to play. Okay, so I guess that would kind of be my prerequisite, (laughs) A and B. All right, so uh, develop the ability to play next level, and and, uh, don't let academics get in the way. I think okay, well, you're developing a college-ready skill set. Okay, your academics are in line. Then what do you do? I think, at least for us, uh, we put a ton of value in in in-game film. Okay, so capture as much film as you can, um, and. I think the next step after you got film, uh, you're able to send is is you got to be able to be real at the level at which you have the chance to play at. Okay, and and now I think that 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 for kids to get a true understanding, of, okay, what level am I best suited for? That could that could be a challenging conversation. Okay, so um, you know you might maybe have aspirations of being a Division One level player, but the skill set reflects that of a a low division two or division three or whatever it is, but be real about the level which you want to play at. Okay. So, um, and then after, okay, you, you've, you've got game film, you're real about the level. Like what I encourage kids to do is sit down and create a list of what's most important to you specific to, 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 to a social experience at college an academic experience and athletic experience. Okay. So social academic and athletic, um, and then I think once you create a list within those categories, social, academic, athletic, um, okay, figure out what's most important. I always say begin creating a list of schools. Okay, so um, I think if you start 25 schools, that's a good place to start. You're starting from scratch. You're starting from nothing. Start at 25. Um, and then, okay, you got 25 schools. Go on the online. Uh, go to the websites, the schools, the coaches. Get their contact information. And then email every single coach. So, what I would do is just go and email. And if there's three assisting, three head, or a head coach and three assistants, just tag all four in the email. So, all four have the chance to see it. Um, what I do within the email is keep it short, but provide basic information. Um, I'd say measurables, links to the video that you've got prepped. Um, and I put in every single one of the 25 emails, what are three reasons why you're interested in attending the school that you're emailing? And like, make it specific, okay? It could be, hey, it's within three hours of home. Um, half of the conference opponents are within an hour of my family. And I want to do engineering. And I see that there's a job placement rate of 95% in engineering. Well, if I'm reading that email, like I understand, okay, this big kid did a lot of research to figure out if it's I'm a school that he's actually interested in. So, so, So make the emails concise to the point but also detailed enough where you catch the attention of the individual reading. It, okay. Um, so you send that email out, you work hard, you spend an entire two, three weeks, putting those emails together, you send them out 25 emails. Okay. So probably 10 are going to reply. That's just the reality, at least from like what I've experienced. Okay. So 10 of 25 reply, you know, do you ignore the other 15? Uh, I think you can, but again, I think this is where persistence resilience comes into play. I'd email those schools every two weeks. And then, you know, once you get to three, four emails, okay, like fine. They're probably not going to respond to you. I get that. Okay. Well then what I do is I'd ask your coach, whether high school or travel to send that college coach an email, you know, just be honest. Um, we get a lot of emails from, from, from players. We get few from, from coaches, right? So even if, if we're not responding to a player, then a coach emails us. Um, I think that pulls a little more weight as far as get a response. Um, if they don't respond to your coach and they didn't respond to you three or four times, I'd say, hey, just move on, pack it up. That's why you email 25 schools to start with, right? Um, so then I think after that, you know, it's, it's about creating dialogue with those who have responded to you and who are interested in you. Um, and, and I think it's go into those conversations that you have with coaches um, and it's, it's to be prepared, to have questions ready to go, to think hard about the questions that you ask um, to put stock into the answers that they provide it's to keep them updated with game film um, I'd say every couple of weeks or so and, and make sure that hey you know even if they called you once like you gotta give them a reason to stay interested in you right like there's a lot of other kids that are competing for that same roster spot that you're competing for so kind of like keep the irons hot right like keep on giving them content with a game film cage film I mean, I'm not a huge fan of like weightlifting film, but if you want to put that stuff in it, at least it's a, it's a way to stay in front of that coach. But like, like the, the process isn't over when that college coach reaches out to you for the first time, you got to keep on giving them reasons to stay interested. Um, you know, and then I think beyond that, you got to find a time to get on campus for a visit. And I think when you get on campus for a visit, like have questions prepared. Um, I think don't go into a visit with any kind of expectation. Um, I think hopefully you can evaluate the opportunity for what it is independent of level or division or the classification or whatever it is. Um, and then what I tell kids is like, this is not a decision to be rushed. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of kids that are spending 40, 50, 60, 70, $80,000 on a college education. Um, you know, if you're investing in a house you're about to spend $80,000 or hundred thousand dollars on a house, you're probably getting all your questions answered. Right. And, uh, I think I, I encourage kids. I don't want you to make a decision until you got all the information in front of you. Um, you've talked it over with your parents. You thought about it. You prayed about it. You're at peace with the decision. Then you make a decision. Um, and I want to. Admit, I, I think I, I stress the kids that we recruit is that you got to have all your questions answered before you say yes or no. And if you say no, we can live with it because you know everything about there is about a program. There's a better fit. Um, but I don't want you to say no to an experience or an education you don't know anything about. And I definitely don't want you to say yes to an experience, um, to an opportunity that you don't know everything about. So I, I think you got to make sure you have all your questions answered before you say yes or no. Um, and I think once you make a decision, like, like stand firm to that. And I understand loyalty is a two-way street. It's got to be earned by the coach. The players got to earn it. So I get that. I get that. Um, but once you make a decision, I encourage, I implore kids is um like stay firm to that decision. And uh I think hopefully it's you're gonna be making the right decision the first time around. And you don't have to be put in opportunity uh, in a position that you gotta you know um uh, move on to a different opportunity and, and play elsewhere. So uh, man, that, that's that came le- out, man. That's the that no, of uh at least what I think hopefully could help somebody.
0: Ian, that's electric, man. And and again, you know, what I really enjoyed and uh, hopefully I don't botch the word, but your specificity about just absolutely making sure that in our emails to these coaches, to these programs, we got to make sure that we show our due diligence that we cared enough to research the program that we're trying to talk to, you know, show that you actually tried. It sticks out way more than you, than you would could ever imagine guys. If there's any high school kids, any transfers, anybody that's out there still trying to find a home, you don't understand how much it sticks out that you, that it shows that you looked into the degree programs that are there, the way that things are going at the program, you know, the aspects of who you're playing and what it means to you to possibly play there. That it sticks out like a sore thumb in a positive way, just the same that the formulaic generic aspects of emails that are being sent with no care stick out, that it's just to copy and paste new coach here. You know, it, it's, it's pretty apparent and it makes it that much easier. And, and thank you also for acknowledging, you know, the persistence and consistency that it's going to take to make sure to follow up, especially depending on the time of year that you're emailing a coach or anything like that, you know, realize that man, these email boxes, they, they load up and the days pass by quick here in season. You know, we prepare all year to get to this spring season and it's gone in the blink of an eye. And, and just the same way as a day or two goes by and it, it's in the bottom of the email box and it, and it could be very hard to get back to at different times. So it, nothing's intentional, uh, you know, I know on my end when, when it's hard to get back to different things. So, you know, I, I appreciate you sharing that, those aspects of, of how things are and, uh, you know, a follow-up question to, to that with, you know, taking them through that process, how do we do a better job for them?
1: Oh, man. Um, this is a topic I'm, I'm interested in. I'm passionate. about. I don't know if I necessarily have the the, the right answer, Kirk. Um, but, but I, I, I think there's certainly opportunity to improve, um, what we're doing to help educate kids and families, uh, to help them navigate the recruiting process. And, uh, I think it's our responsibility to create more conversation around how we evaluate and recruit um, coming from college coaches. And uh, I'm not trying to at least come at any recruiting services or, or any, um, you know, uh, third party, like I'm not trying to be disrespectful toward them at all, but I, I think there there's value in um, better educating players and families to understand the things that we're looking for when we're, um, evaluating a player, um, what we do to identify players. And then ultimately, you know, it's, um, I think as you're actually recruiting a kid, help them under better understand, um, okay. Within the recruiting process, like, you know, what are the questions that I should ask? Like, like what information is important? Um, and I think it's, it's on us when we're recruiting a okay, kid to help them better understand what it is that they're looking for at school and program. And, I think a lot of it, Kirk, it just comes back to um, you know taking a legitimate interest in the kid that we're recruiting, or even the, the, just the kids that that hope and and dream of the opportunity to play at the college level. Is like we, I think we we got to do more, um, and and I hope that you know um, maybe in a small way I, I can just provide insight into how we evaluate, and, um, how we identify kids and, and, and recruit them, but. Um, man, I would love more than anything for other coaches to get involved in the conversation and and uh, do the same because I think there's there's a lot of value that we can provide if um, kids go into the recruiting process better educated. Um, you know I, I think it would benefit the kid because hopefully they'd make the right decision the first time around. <laughs> but I think it' would also benefit the coaches if 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 players across the board are better educated on the recruiting process, then hopefully they make more of the, the right decisions the first time around and none of us have to deal with roster turnover transfers or at least hopefully maybe it would decrease. So I, I think uh, if I to put it all together, Kirk, like um, I, I do think we got to do more, um, you know, what the platform is, how that's done. I'm not sure. Um, but I'm hoping that that in the future, there is more conversation from college coaches about you know,
0: how we identify evaluate crew. Absolutely. And, and it starts with the discussion, just like we're having here to, to try to plant those seeds and put it out into the universe of, of how we get those changes to, to come to fruition. So uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Definitely. And I got a couple more questions for you and then I'm, I'm going to get us out of here. I appreciated <laughs> the, uh, the valuable information that you've shared here over the course of the hour, but Ian, and you've coached it, you know, the D2, D3 and, and NAIA levels, you know, how does your experience between the different levels you know, give you an advantage of helping players navigate that recruiting process. It's a good question.
1: Um, you know, I don't know if it gives me a, an advantage per se. Um, I, I think it's it's provided perspective, and uh, that's just that there's unbelievable players, unbelievable coaches, unbelievable universities at at ever every level, right? Whether D one, D two, D three, NAIA, JUCO, whatever it is. Um, and I think, if anything, working at Division II, Division Three, and now the NAI level, it's, it's, um, it's really it, it hopefully inspired me to continue to push a message of viewing every single opportunity independent of level, division, or classification. Um, you know, because, I mean, we're playing at colleges and ballparks every weekend that, um, I mean, I probably shouldn't be pumping up, but uh, you know, we just play at Taylor University, um, top 25 team in the country um unbelievable education great campus life experience um gorgeous baseball field turf uh in- entire uh, like backstop seating area press box i mean like i mean a, a-, a fringe mid major division 1 facility and that's the nai I love you know and-, and and i think that like hopefully by coaching at d2 d3 nai you know seeing different schools different ballparks interacting with different coaches i I think it's just gave me perspective of that, um, you know, hopefully I can inspire kids and, and, and help kids, mentor kids that um, like, like view every opportunity for what it is. And, uh, um, you know, take into consideration socially, academically, athletically, if that meets what you're looking for. And then maybe toward the end of the process, say, OK, oh, it's Division three or oh, it's Division two or NAI, whatever it is. Um, check off all the boxes and put the least amount of stock into what level or division it is. Um, it's just going to feel good to commit to a, you know, a, a mid-major Division One school. Um, you know, and I'm not picking on Division Ones, okay? But um, you know, I, I think it's it's one thing to commit to a school. It's another thing to get there in the fall, make the roster, make the roster in the spring, make the travel roster, make the postseason roster um and ultimately at the end of the day like like the, uh, the highest level or division that a kid can play at, it's not always best fit um and and, and hopefully the, the perspective i gained through coaching at different levels i as we're recruiting a kid i'm building a relationship with them helping him find out what's best fit for him and his family like hopefully that's that's some experience that i can still in him um and and, and hopefully it it, it puts me in a better position to
0: when he make when he does make his decision he's he's going to make the best decision possible perspective perspective absolutely and and i think that's uh, an important aspect to be able to have for yourself internally so that just as you're talking and educating and helping these young kids you know that y- you're not guiding them towards anywhere bad or, or <laughs> it's a, it's awesome that we can pretend to joke and say, I'm not picking on D ones. Like there's somebody that we can, we can pick on at all. But I think that that's fantastic for you to share that aspect of your different perspectives that have been gained from, from being in these different places and seeing this many different kind of campuses and fields and everything. So I think that that's powerful and helpful to yourself through the process. And, you know, you know, for the sake of the player, what's an absolute must that's got to be done in your opinion for the player to most effectively help themselves in the recruiting process. Oh man. Um,
1: you know, I feel like we've covered a lot, right? Just and probably the best piece of advice that I, I give every kid I, I can is is uh, to take ownership of the process. We we've talked at length about that, um, you know. But I, I think uh, probably the only other piece I, I I'd say to a kid is is like, um, you know, I, I think it's it's easy for the the process to turn into a pretty stressful experience, and uh, I think it's easy to just lose perspective as 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 you're navigating the process. Um and and I hope and I'd encourage a kid that um hey don't don't put any more pressure than than you need to have. Um, like, Like enjoy every minute of going through the recruiting process, enjoy the opportunity to speak with, build relationships with other college coaches, like enjoy you know playing high school and Legion and travel baseball and the relationships that that you develop with your teammates. Like, like don't let the time that you have playing high school Legion travel baseball, like, like don't let that pass by. Like, like don't put so much stock in what your future is going to be or the opportunities that you're about to have and miss out on what will be some of the most positive memories. And even, you know, it was funny. I was at one of my buddies. I was I was a best man at one of my best friend's weddings uh, three weeks ago, and thankfully it was on a Sunday. And we played Friday, Saturdays night. Could drive to Pennsylvania, be in the wedding, and be back on Monday. But like like that that friendship. I mean that 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 was built all the way up through little league and middle school and high school and travel and like, you know, Ricky and I. I mean, we've remained best friends for better part of 20 years and uh i'd say that's my my biggest i guess hopefully best piece of advice i, I could give a kid is is uh don't get so caught up in the future and and, and lose perspective and, and and not really appreciate you know the opportunities that you have right now um, to play this game um at
0: the level which you're at absolutely stop and smell the roses of, of where Putting in this work is getting you and enjoy the process, uh, you know, above all else. And just, just embrace what we're doing, where we're at, and you'll find yourself where you're supposed to be if you intentionally go through this process. So, Ian, mm-hmm. it's, it's been an awesome hour with you. I appreciate, you know, everything that, that you've shared with us today. And, again, you know, I'm so excited about continuing to to follow your career and seeing what you do over there with your program and, and what you guys uh, continue to build. You know, is there anything else that we didn't talk about here today that you want to share and kind of give you a little bit of a last word here? You
1: know, I, I just want to say thank you. Kirk for,
0: um, I mean, having these kind of
1: spaces, you know, putting the podcast for him. I mean, it's uh, it's crazy to think back, you know, us working the Longwood camp together and, you know, you're working from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. and, and you go back to the hotel and we all go to Applebee's, and get half off apps and, and uh, you know, you got 10, 12 college coaches, you know, surrounding each other. Just the relationships building the road, man. It was, it's pretty cool to reflect on and having the opportunity to meet you when you were really early and in uh, your coaching career and and hearing about your, your life and experience that got you to this point now watching how you've, you've built pursuit for purpose and and, and what it's become. um, It's, it's, it's pretty cool to, to, to watch and observe from afar. And, and uh, man, I'm thankful for the opportunity to to be on with you. um, You know, this was, this was awesome. And uh, I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful for the platform that you're building here. And I'm excited to see how it continues to grow in the future.
0: And I'm, I'm humbled and honored that that you'd say anything as as kind as that about the the journey that, that life has led me to. And, and I'm thankful for people like yourself and, and those other coaches and the people in the baseball community that uh, continue to extend open arms to lift each other up. You know, it, it's uh, never a handout, but it's always a hand up. You know, we, we all want to see each other continue to reach the heights of what we're doing, but we also want to help those people that know that they want to help themselves, that know that they want to put in the work and, and go as far as this game will allow us to go. So, you know, I'm, I'm abundantly thankful for, for people like yourself. And, uh, you know, for that, for that Longwood university, uh, you know, recruiting camp where we got to, uh, to meet and, uh, you know, start our friendship and a professional coaching relationship as well, too, man. So thank you for your time here today. And, uh, you know, thank you for the work that you're giving back to the game of baseball, anybody that's not following Ian or, or following the threads that he's consistently putting out, please make sure to, uh, to you know, to to follow those, it's a, some great information about all different aspects of the game. And Ian, if there's any anything else that you wanted to share as far as you know your, your website, anything else that you have that you want to make sure to share, please you know uh, take take a chance to tell anybody where they can find any of the other awesome work that you're you're doing. Is
1: I appreciate the opportunity, Kirk. But uh, you know, I I, I guess. I'm, uh, kind of simple low tech. I mean, you know, I love Twitter for what it is and, and, uh, the people that it's, it's connected me with over the years. So, um, you know, I'm trying to consciously, you know, really over the last few weeks, uh, you know, put out, um, you know, hopefully what w- would be meaningful information to, to kids and, and families to help them better understand how we identify, evaluate, recruit. And, uh, uh I'd be humbled if, if, uh, if if you choose to, to follow uh, at, so what next pitch here, Um, I've got a website, coaching It is very like bare bones. Um, Hopefully I'm going to be adding more stuff to that. Obviously the the time to do that is not in the spring. (laughs) We're in the middle of 55 game sprint, but um, I'm certainly most active here than uh, on Twitter, than, than anywhere else um, uh, on social, social media or or the internet. So, um, that's what I have here. This is probably where I'm going to provide, uh, if any value, probably the most value. So um, I'm appreciative of, of the opportunity to,
0: um, to share that Kurt. Awesome. Absolutely. My pleasure. Well, thank you everybody here for your, your time tonight, looking forward to next week's chat, where we get to continue building this community and, and helping everybody reach the heights of everything that they believe they can become. So until next week, have a great one. Take care, everybody.